Blog Talk Radio. The gates and doors were barred and all the windows fastened down. I spent the night in sleeplessness and rose at every sound. Half in hopeless sorrow, half in fear the day would find the soldiers breaking through to drag us all away. Then just before the sunrise, I heard something at the wall. The gate began to rattle, and a voice began to call. I hurried to the window, I looked down into the street, expecting swords and torches and the sound of soldiers' feet. But there was no one there but Mary So I went down to let her in And John stood there beside me As she told us where she'd been She said they've moved him in the night And none of us knows where Oh, the stone's been rolled away And now his body isn't there So we both ran to the garden Then John ran on ahead And we found the stone an empty tomb, just the way that Mary said. But the winding sheet they'd wrapped him in was just an empty shell. And how or where they'd taken it was more than I could tell. Oh, something strange had happened there, just what I did not know. John believed a miracle, but I just turned to go. Circumstance and speculation couldn't lift me very high because I'd seen them crucify him. And I saw him die. Back inside the house again, the guilt and anguish came. Everything I promised him just added to my shame. When at last it came to choices, I denied I knew his name. So even if he was alive, it could never be the same. Then suddenly the air was filled with a strange and sweet perfume. Light that came from everywhere drove shadows from the room. But then Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide. And I fell down on my knees and I just clung to him and cried. Oh, but then he raised me to my feet. And as I looked into his eye, love was shining out from him like sunlight from the sky. Guilt and my confusion disappeared in sweet release. Oh, and every fear I'd ever had just melted into peace. Oh! 
alive. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive and he's risen forevermore. We welcome you, our international radio listening audience from within the 50 states of America all the way to the United Arab Emirates and all the other 73 nations who are a part of our Reaching Out Radio International family. We're celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ did not remain in that grave for three days. He was resurrected, and he's alive forevermore. For all, that, all those of you who may be listening for the very first time, we pray that you will continue tuning in and that the end results will be that you will grow closer to the Lord Learn how to grow and develop a deep faith in Jesus Christ to take you from earth to heaven in God's appointed time that's specially for you. We've all been placed on this earth by God's divine plan. No matter the circumstance and how you came to be born, I can assure you that God has his eye on you And despite life circumstances, his word promises in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Again, that's from Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And you're listening to In the Word with Sister Pearl. On Reaching Out Radio International. What a tremendous day today is. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and he is alive forevermore. I don't know if you can sense, but I am very excited about this message that the Lord has placed in my heart as we are celebrating in all four corners of the earth today. We that know the Lord are very much um, joyful, we're happy, we're excited, 
We're in high spirits because we know that Christ is alive, and that means the very world to us. Before I go into this message entitled, He is Risen, I just want to, as I always do, I want to pray and dedicate the next 50 minutes or so to the Lord for him to bless our time uh, and just minister to each one that is listening, whether you be a man, whether you be a woman, whether you be a boy, whether you be a girl, if you're listening in Africa, Asia, Europe, Australia, North America, South America, um, the Caribbean islands, wherever you happen to be listening today, I want you to know that God has a special plan for you. And um, I pray that at the end of this message that you will get a, a greater understanding, a, a closer glimpse of all that God is. Of course, you and I can never fully understand God because he's too great. He's too big. He's too vast. He's too deep. But that in our finite mind, we will understand some important uh, key things that will help us to go from earth to heaven in Jesus' name. So let's just uh, be in the attitude of prayer as I just uh, ask the Heavenly Father in Jesus' name to use the remaining time that we have, the 50 minutes, and to let this important word come alive and take root in our lives today, that he is risen. Heavenly Father, I come to you humbly. I come to you in no other name but the majestic and the matchless name of Jesus, the one who conquered death and the grave, who paid the penalty for all of our sins so that we might have a right to eternal life in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for loving us so much that when we were not even thinking about you and we were far from you and we were grieving your Holy Spirit because of our sin and our degradation, that and you knew that we could not really help ourselves. And so you reached into the world, came in the person of your son, the Lord Jesus, and allowed him to pay the penalty for my sin, and the sins of all those that are living in the world now, those that have lived in the world previously, and those that will come into the world, Lord God, what Jesus did was enough and was the only sacrifice that you would have accepted because he was the only one who lived a sinless, guiltless, blameless life. His blood was the only one that could atone for the sins of the world. And, Father, we, we think of this as not only for the whole world, but it is for each one of us personally, individually, and we thank you. We're so humbled by this great gift of salvation. And I pray, God, that you would anoint your hand, maybe, so that anything I say will be led of your Holy Spirit, that I say nothing extra, that I say nothing less, but that I bring exactly the word that you have for your people today and that you would open up the understanding and the hearts and the minds of the people 
We come against every distraction that the enemy would throw our way to hinder and block the precious word of God. Father, let this word go forth with tremendous clarity and great anointing to break yokes over the lives of the people, to break strongholds and set every listener free to be able to hear, to be able to understand, to be able to receive, to be able to apply, and to be able to live for you in your word. We thank you, Lord God, and we dedicate this time to you. Be honored, be glorified, be exalted. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. And again, as I said before, what a tremendous day today is. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He is alive forevermore. Hallelujah. He, who are we talking about? He is alive. We're talking about the great El Elyon, the Most High God, the El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty, the awesome El Olam, the everlasting God, the Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides for his people, that knows our needs and provides a head for them. We're talking about Jehovah, Mekodishkem, the Lord who sanctifies you. And sanctified means that he, he takes you apart and he places you in a special place and that we're used for his purposes when we have dedicated our lives for his purpose. We're talking about Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. Jehovah Ra, the Lord, my shepherd. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. And we've seen so many instances of when Jesus was on planet Earth and he was healing. We see these all through the four Gospels. And he is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Sabaoth or some people pronounce it Jehovah Sabaoth, and he's the great mighty captain of the host. He's the one that fights our battles. Hallelujah. He is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who is our peace. He's the mighty Jehovah Shama, the Lord who is there. The Lord, Jehovah Shammah, who is there with you in your circumstance, in your situation right now, wherever you may be across this earth, Jehovah Shammah is there, and he sees, and he understands. Jehovah Tiskanu, the Lord, our righteousness. You and I are not righteous in our own flesh, in our own self, but we have Jehovah Tishkanu, the Lord is our righteousness. So when we worship him, when we honor him, when we allow him to be the Lord and the master of our lives, he becomes our righteousness. And so the text that I'm going to read from today is taken from Matthew chapter 28 and verses 1 through 8. Matthew, the first gospel in the New Testament, chapter 28, verses 1 through 8. End of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. 
And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. I just read from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 8. So who was this he? When I said he is risen and he's alive, the he. He was no ordinary man. Even when I prepare my notes in preparation for delivering the messages that God gives me or anything that I am writing for any of my teachings, I always find myself making corrections in the grammatical notation, especially when I do a copy and paste from a Bible text, I capitalize the H for the word he, the pronoun he. I capitalize the H for the pronoun his or him. I capitalize the letter Y for you when addressing Jesus directly. And why do I do this? I do this because Jesus is not, never was, and never will he be an ordinary biblical figure in the Bible. Jesus is God. And no one else ever did, nor can anyone ever do what Jesus has done. He is God, almighty God who came down in the person of his beloved son. This is the same person whom the word of God said in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. John chapter 1, verse 1. And then in John chapter 1, verse 14, It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt, resided, lived among men. That's what Jesus did. Jesus was the word. And Jesus put on human flesh. And Jesus dwelt among us for a time. Only Jesus had the power and has the power to lay his life down and take it back up. Again, and he said this in John chapter 10, verses 17 through 18. 
Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. So where is Christ now? The word of God tells us through the apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 22 speaks of Jesus who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand, God the Father, with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. And who is him? Jesus. And then the Apostle Paul also spoke to the church at Corinth. And this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 55, 56, and 57. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. This is Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. This Jesus is alive forevermore. This is of great significance. And you might say, why is everybody getting so excited about Jesus' resurrection? Here goes the bottom line. The fact that Jesus overcame sin and, and death and is no longer in the grave means that everybody that places their faith and confidence in him is forgiven of our sin. And the same way that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, that means that you and I also will be resurrected our bodies will be resurrected from the dead. God's appointed time. One of my favorite all-time verses in Scripture, and this is perhaps one of the most well-known passages of Scripture throughout the entire world, is John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Last week, your sister Pearl spoke a message entitled, Hosanna in the Highest. And if you did not hear message, I would encourage you to please go because you can hear all of these messages on Reaching Out Radio International. You can hear them on demand. Once the speaker gives the message, it will be put online, and you could hear it anytime during the day, the evening, in the middle of the night. 
If you cannot get to sleep, you can tune in to Reaching Out Radio International, and you can listen to a precious message that comes from either myself or another one of the hosts or hostesses, another one of the speakers that are on Reaching Out Radio International because it is put online. But let's go to that very famous passage of Scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What exactly does that mean? It means that God loves us, not because we are so lovable, not because uh, Sister Pearl deserves God's love or you deserve his love. Actually, none of us really deserve the love of Jesus. But God does love us because he made us, he created us. We, we learn in the first book of the Bible that we were created in his image and after his likeness. But we have sinned. Our forefathers, uh, the first mother on planet Earth, the first father, the first mother was Eve. The first father was Adam. Adam came before Eve and then came Eve. But our, our ancestors, the first ones that God created, they sinned against God. And as a result, everybody else that's born into the world is born into a sin shaped by iniquity. But, and we have been disobeying God ever since. Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the garden. But God, in spite of our constantly sitting against him, uh, rejecting him, uh, being rebellious against him, disobeying him, he still, in spite of us, he loves the world that he created, and he loves the people that he created after his image, after his likeness. And he, you know, he understood that in spite of the laws and the rules and the regulations that he gave to the people that he called after himself, the nation of Israel. And as you listen to these broadcasts, you'll find out more and more about what that means. But let me just tell you tonight that God loves you and loves me even though we have sinned against God, meaning we've offended God, we've disobeyed God, we've gone our own way, we have not obeyed the things that he told us to do. But he loves us in spite of that. Because he loves us so much, he made a way for us to escape sin and separation from him. Because sin separates us from God. That's, that's the reality. God being holy and just and righteous does not entertain sin. When we sin, that causes us to be separated from God. And we were made to have relationship with God, to be in relationship with God, to be in a not bad relationship, but good 
close, tight relationship with God. And so because God loved us so much, he gave his only begotten son. Why? Because only his son was blameless, as you've heard me say so many times. And even at the beginning of this uh, radio broadcast, I mentioned that Jesus was the only one who could pay the penalty for my sin and your sin. Why? Because sin demands a blood sacrifice. And the only one whose blood was blameless without sin, guilt, was Jesus. Nobody else, even if they were willing to do that, nobody else's blood would be acceptable to the Heavenly Father except sinless, blameless, guiltless blood. And the only one who qualified for that was Jesus. And so when John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, should not be eternally separated from God, should not enter hell, but have everlasting life. John 3.16. Romans 6, verse 23 says it like this. For the wages of sin is death. When you and I sin against God who is holy, just like if I have a job, okay, if I have a job, that means that at the end of the week or the end of two weeks or the end of the month, that I have to be paid a salary because I worked for that. It's called the wages that I deserve, the, the wages that are due me. And what is due a man or a woman, a boy or a girl that sins against God, what is due is death. We have worked, when we're in sin, we've worked for a payment of death. But the free gift of God, free, nothing that I work for, nothing that I, 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 I went, you know, and get an hourly wage for. No, this is a free gift that God gives. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that's why we're so excited today. Because if Jesus had remained in the grave, then he would have been like everybody else, lives and then dies. But Jesus was not like everybody else. First of all, he did not even come into the world like everybody else. There was not a man and a woman who had sexual relations and then conceived Jesus. That's not the way Jesus came in. Jesus was already God before he ever entered the earth. That's why I read in John chapter 1, verse 1, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus was always God. 
but he had never come down and put on physical flesh and, 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 and presented himself in a body until he was ready to sacrifice his bodily life to pay the penalty for our sin. He had a mission when he came to planet Earth over 2,000 years ago. No one had ever seen God before that and lived until Jesus came. But then Jesus did come. He was fully God, 33 years, and fully man. Not partial, fully. And so this God was able to, you know, identify with what you and I go through, the temptations, people talking about us, people treating us poorly. He knows what it is to be hungry. He knows what it is to thirst. He knows what it is to be tempted. But yet he yielded not to temptation. This was God in the flesh who paid the penalty for my sin, for your sin. Of course, this is a great thing. And can you imagine how much God loves us that he would come to earth expressly for the purpose of not only letting us know his character a little bit better, but to love us so much. No wonder the Bible says, for God so loved the world. What other kind of love? Jesus came specifically knowing that he was going to suffer and die to pay the penalty for my sin, your sin. You know, it, 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 it's frustrating when you see people thinking that they can try to work themselves up to be acceptable to God because of what they do, hoping that their good works will be their ticket to heaven. I'm going to be very honest with you. You know, we will do good works only because of the Spirit of God that lives inside of us and it becomes a part of our very nature, our being. But we don't do the good works thinking that those good works are going to make us deserve heaven because we can do a million good works from now till Jesus comes or Jesus calls for us. And none of those good works even combined together will be enough to pay the penalty for our sin or buy our entrance into eternal life with Jesus Christ. It's none of that. It's not about what you've done, what I've done, but it's everything about what Jesus Christ has done for us. And that's why we're so excited. And that's why we're so filled with jubilation. And that's why we're so, you know, in an attitude of praise and worship to God, because those of us that get it, we understand that we could never deserve 
We could never do enough good works to buy our ticket into heaven. It's only the free gift that God extends to us through the person of his son, Jesus Christ. And that's why, again, I read, I hope you can understand it a little bit better now, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift, the free gift, not just a gift, the free gift of God is eternal life in, in, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the reason that I say the free gift is because sometimes you might say, well, well, Sister Pearl, isn't every gift free? Not necessarily. I know sometimes you might go to a store and they say, well, come and buy this and this and spend $50, and then we're going to give you a free such and such. May I be honest with you? It's never free. That store is not going to give you free stuff. What it is is that you've already paid for that. And they might say, if, if, if that was worth $10 and your purchase was worth, okay, um, maybe what you purchased was worth $10, then they will, they will add that whole thing together. They'll charge you $20, and then they'll say that they're going to give you a free gift but really, you already paid for it because you paid double for what you bought, and then they gave you the gift, quote-unquote gift, for free, but it wasn't really free. Of course, it was never free. You paid for that. <laughs> They're just calling it free because they doubled the price of the original thing that you purchased, and that's the way it goes. Now, sometimes, of course, we do get free gifts when you're – um, a little boy or girl, and it's your birthday, your parents are not going to charge you for something. They're going to buy a gift, and they're going to give it to you. Or your husband, your wife, your sister, your brother, your friend, your coworker, they will give you a gift. You will not be charged for it. But then again, they can never give you eternal life. The only person who can do that is the one who made life, and that's Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul the Apostle told the church in Corinth, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Honestly, at the end of the day, who can really describe the gift that God has given us? It's hard even in any language, whether it be English or Arabic or Spanish or Mandarin or French or Italian or Swahili, whatever um, native tongue or mother language, it's, it is impossible to fully describe. That's why Paul, the apostle says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. It is beyond what I as a speaker can fully express or anybody who shares the words of God. It is beyond human expression what Jesus Christ has done for us. Yes, we know that he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He taught us tremendous things that only the great master and the great teacher can teach. But, honestly, uh, words fail us in any language. 
to describe all that Jesus has done. And so it's not by our works that you and I are saved. As Paul told the church in Ephesus, in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8 in the New Testament, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. Wow. The gift of God. It is God's gift that he has given us in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus. I put a verse in my Facebook today as my Facebook cover, and it's found in the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 25 through 26. Jesus said to her, meaning that he was speaking to Martha and to all that were listening, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And that was John chapter 11, verses 25 to 26. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. When he said that who, he, who believes in him will never die, he means not that we will never die physically, because the majority of us will die physically. Maybe not everybody, because when Jesus comes back the second time, he's going to find some people still on living on planet Earth. And if they have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they're going to, to go to be with him, and they might never see physical death. But the majority of us, the great majority of us, will die physically. What he's talking about is that we will not die eternally. We will be with the Lord. Because when we're absent from this body, the Apostle Paul taught us that we'll be present with the Lord. So that means that we will not be eternally dead, but we will have eternal life. When you and I give our lives to Jesus Christ, and we are born again, born the second time, and if you don't understand what that term means, to be born again, please go back and listen to the first part of a message that I was teaching, a message series entitled The Kingdom of God, God's Kingdom, God's Kingdom Part 1. And you will hear clearly what it is to be born again. Each one of us should be born again if we're going to enter the kingdom of God, if we're going to experience and receive eternal life, we must be born again. So please do go back and listen to God's kingdom, part one, to get a greater understanding of, of what it means and how a person can be born again. But when we're born again, 
we automatically walk from this life into eternal life. We don't just have to die and then have eternal life, but every man, every woman, every boy, every girl who has had their sins forgiven has the spirit of God living inside of them and is on their way to heaven, you already have eternal life. So for me, for an example, I have eternal life right now. Right now. If I were to close my eyes and die physically, I would, I would just continue in eternal life with Jesus Christ. My body, my physical body, would no longer be alive, and I would no longer be walking on planet Earth. But my spirit would live on because I, my spirit is never going to die because my spirit has been given over to the Lord Jesus Christ. My spirit, my body, my mind, my soul, my heart, everything that I have belongs to Jesus. And if you are a child of God, everything that you have should belong to Jesus. And so Jesus' resurrection from the dead, we know that uh, he was crucified. And if you heard the message from last week, it was leading up to the crucifixion. We didn't talk exactly about the crucifixion, but we talked about how he entered into Jerusalem on the donkey. And the people were crying out, Hosanna, even though they didn't fully understand. But they thought that he was the Messiah and that he was going to establish his righteous kingdom on the earth at that time. They misunderstood. They got that part wrong. And the same people who were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, were the same very people who were crying, crucify him, give us Barabbas, release Barabbas, but crucify the Lord Jesus. Can you imagine? That's how fickle we can be. That's how off we can be without the Lord Jesus, without his Holy Spirit indwelling in us. But what does this really mean? Why is everybody so excited that knows Jesus at, at this time that we're especially, I mean, Christians that are truly following, I don't mean just somebody who claims to be a quote-unquote Christian, and there's so many people who claim to be Christian but they're not really following Jesus Christ. They're not really interested in obeying Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about those kind of people. I'm talking about true men and women of God and totally committed and dedicated to God, living for Jesus every day, not just when people are looking at them, but all the time. You know, what does this, why are we so excited about Jesus' resurrection? Of course we're excited because he, he did exactly what he said he would do. But what does his resurrection really have to do with you and me living in, 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 in 2022, 2022? How does that relate to us today? I'll tell you how it relates. Because Jesus overcame sin. And when he deposits his Holy Spirit inside of a man or a woman, that means they have the power 
to overcome sin. See, you and I don't live in our own and by our own capacity, by our own strength, by our own ability, but he has deposited. He said, look, I'm going to go away, and I have to go away so that I may send you the Holy Spirit. And when the Spirit of God comes, he is the one that comforts you, and he is the one who enables you to live a life that's pleasing to God. You and I don't live a life that's pleasing to God in our own ability. We live a life that's pleasing to God and that's obedient to God by the Spirit of God that dwells in us. The Bible says the same Spirit that dwells in, you, in, in him now dwells in you. And he gives us the dynamis power of the Holy Spirit. I've quoted it so many times in other past messages. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the Spirit of God that now dwells in, in you gives you the power to say no to the devil and to say yes to God. It's not by your own doing. You trying to live a good life. You're always going to fail. I'm always going to fail if it's me just trying to obey God. I don't have what it takes to obey God by myself. I need the spirit of God. I need the spirit of God living and dwelling inside of me to do those things that are pleasing to God. Amen. And I want to read that for you right now. It's found in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him, now listen carefully, clearly to what Sister Pearl is sharing with you, because this is going to take you from earth to heaven. But if the same spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Wow. That's deep. That's deep. That means Christ's resurrection from the dead. And now he is seated with his heavenly father. I read to you from Peter earlier. He is now seated with the father. And angels and heavenly entities, they're all now subject to him. Now listen to this. Because Jesus has the power over death, and he sent us his Holy Spirit to indwell us, that means that Christ in you, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. That was verse 10. And I'm going to read verse 11 again. 
So if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that means the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit of God, the dynamis power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is now dwelling in every man, woman, boy, and girl who puts their faith, confidence, and trust in Jesus Christ. And you now have the power over sin through Christ, only through Christ, only because of what Jesus did. I have the power of Christ. If we served a, a, a God, if we served Jesus that didn't have the power to rise from the dead, then we have no hope. We'll be just like all the other people who follow people that are dead and stay dead. You look for Buddha and all the different Buddhas, they eventually die. They're not resurrected. You look for the prophet Mohammed. He is no longer walking the earth. He did not rise from the dead. And even these newer people who claim to be, you know, false Christ, and they're trying to, they they said that, you know what, Jesus did not do the right thing. He should have married. He should have had an earthly family. But don't worry, you know, I'm the new Jesus. They're all false Christ. Anybody who says that Jesus failed, they're lying. There's all kinds of cults, false teachings today on the earth, people claiming to be Christ, but not a one of them could ever do, and they're not doing it right now, what Jesus did. They don't have the power to do what Jesus did. They're just lying, and they're false Christ, false prophets, antichrist, against Christ. There's only one who could pay the penalty of sin. I told you that clearly in the word. All of these people that are claiming to be the new prophets, the new messiahs, they're lying, and the Bible speaks about them. Jesus told us about them in Matthew 24, that in the last days there would be a lot of false Christ, false prophets, people saying that, you know, I'm the new one that's pointed by the father. No, they're not. They're lying. Please don't believe them. The reason that we're so excited today is Jesus promised us that if we put our faith in him, the resurrected Christ, that he was going to resurrect us from the dead. And we no longer have to live in our sins, in our trespasses, in our iniquity. We don't have to live a life now that is not, that is ple- that is not pleasing to God. Because he places his Holy Spirit inside of us. That's something nobody else can do because they don't have the Holy Spirit to impart in us. Only Jesus does that because that's his Holy Spirit. Amen. And so why is his resurrection so important? Because he, del- he paid the penalty for sin. So because he paid the penalty for sin, and he gives us his Holy Spirit, you and I are no longer having to live in sin. We don't have to live sinful lives. We have the power 
through Christ and only through Christ to overcome sin and doing those things that are not pleasing to God. That's why we're excited. This is exciting. You look for for Jesus's ashes or, you know, dust or bones in the tomb where they laid him, you're not going to find them because he was resurrected on the third day. He alone has the power over sin, death, and the grave. And so when you and I place our faith in this Jesus, he sends his Holy Spirit to indwell us. And we become the sons and the daughters of the Most High God. He's alive. He is risen. Hallelujah. Praise Almighty God. This is who we serve. My goodness. This is who we're so excited about. He suffered the most horrendous death because he loves us so very much. Though we did not deserve it, I certainly did not deserve it. And there's not another man or woman on the earth. I don't care how nice they are. I always say, nice people killed Jesus. All those people saying, Hosanna, taking off their garments and and, and putting the the palms so that the donkey that Jesus rode on could could not touch the ground but touch the palms. They, They were the same ones who said crucify him. None of us deserve the goodness of Jesus. But he loved us so much. Won't you celebrate Jesus' goodness with me today and, and, and with so many millions around the world who love the Lord, who's have, who's, who have had their sins forgiven and now they're on their way to heaven? Cry out to the Lord while you still have an opportunity. And please tune in next week to hear about how Jesus loves you so very much and how you can have new life through Christ. Tune in to In the Word with your sister Pearl on Reaching Out Radio International. Same time, same place. Until then, rejoice because the Lord loves you so very much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have life eternal because he's alive. God bless you. I love you, but Jesus loves you the very best. Until next week, this is your sister Pearl. Bye-bye.